Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. And welcome to your post-election edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour here on WABC. Telephone number, should you want to participate in the program today, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Now, if any of you expect me to be downcast, if you've been reading the mainstream press, oh, great night for Democrats, great night for Democrats. I'm not downcast. It wasn't a great night for Democrats. It was a status quo night for some Democrats. Democrats took some losses, too. You're not going to hear about that much because the abortion issue in Ohio dominated a lot of the coverage and the fact that Governor Youngkin was unable to single-handedly turn the state of, of, of Virginia from a purple state to a red state. It is still a purple state. It is a, it is, this is a state that is up in the air, given the population. And if you look at the demographics of West of, of Virginia, you're not going to get rid of Fairfax County. You're not going to get rid of Loudoun County. These are, uh, although, by the way, in Loudoun County, there was a, a Republican, uh, I believe it was for the DA there, or that was successful. So even in Loudoun County, Virginia, there was a Republican victory. You have people like Nikki Haley, DeSantis, Christie are out. They're debating tonight. They're going to be on the debate stage. It's a thin-down stage. Burgum's not going to be on there. Uh, so you have DeSantis, Haley, Christie, Ramaswamy, and somebody else. They're going to be on the debate stage tonight. If any of you are interested in looking at the Republican debate, they're all saying, oh, this was, a, this was Donald Trump's fault. Donald Trump did not go campaign extensively throughout Virginia. He did not go to Ohio. He did not come to New York, where the status quo is prevailing. In the city council races, for instance, in New York, Republicans... To the same number of Republicans on the city council as were before. Status quo. Okay, even though in in those city council races, a Republican won in the Bronx, first time in 20 years. Is that a bad thing? Yet. No. It's a good thing. Virginia is a purple state. Democrats held on to some power. There, and, and you have people, including one of our own here, I won't mention names, who blame Youngkin, who said it's a failure of Young. It is not a failure of Youngkin. Look, politics is not a one-election game. It takes cycles to go through. And anybody that's been a political observer knows that when you have these big wave elections, usually there's a blowback to that in the cycle afterwards. Wave elections are usually caused by a by specific events that take place that have the voting mass so outraged that they demand change. Now, in New York, if you look at the number of city races, and I don't have the the number in front of me, I looked through them and I didn't bother to count them and tally them up, 
but I kept seeing this one's running unopposed, that one's running on. How are you going to run? How are you going to win seats if you don't even put up a candidate? You're not going to. And even when you put up a candidate in a l- entrenched area, it takes years, sometimes decades, before you finally gain enough political mass to move the dial. So Democrats picked up some victories. They held they, they got this Ohio thing with the abortion enshrined in the Constitution. But guess what? Even in Ohio, is it over? No, it's not over. Republicans are saying, okay, you guys won this one, but we're, we're going to come back. This is not the end of it. Here's that story. You can find it today at the Daily BS. Ohio Republican lawmakers promise, hey, this fight isn't over. We're going to continue to fight. Look how long it took to get rid of Roe v. Wade. If Republicans gave up, that would have been that. They're not giving up in Ohio either. It is one election. So if you are thinking, if you're downcast listening to the mainstream media, oh, this is, and I predicted this yesterday, if Democrats win a few, you're going to hear the term bellwether. Oh, you've heard it today. Oh, this is a bellwether for 2024. The Democrats, look, Biden's poll numbers are dismal, but it's a bellwether. The Democrats are still in there. No, it's not a bellwether. It is a local election. There was not one national seat in this election at all. These are local elections. There was all this hype about uh, Elvis Presley's second cousin who was going to take the state house down there in Louisiana. He was going to win. All this, oh, this is going to be tight. The governor down there, Republican governor held on, I think it was a six-point spread, five or six-point spread. He didn't lose. All those predictions were wrong. But yet you don't hear the mainstream press, as I predicted yesterday, you wouldn't hear them saying, oh, this is a bellwether. They only talk about bellwether when it's Democrats. This this corrupt media, the way that they report, if you do not look at the facts of these elections and you don't go through them one by one and start to figure out, well, this is the reason that this happened in this election that's the reason here. Look, Republicans made gain, gain, I think, in Suffolk County, first time in ages. Republican won out in Long Island, in New York. You have that. You have the Bronx. So what, is it a bust? No. Republicans are making incremental gains. That's not a bust. Was it a wave? No. But who expected a wave? There was no talk about a Republican wave in this off-year election. So my, my counsel to you is not to listen or to put the reports that you get from the mainstream press in context. Pretty much we had a status quo election locally. There are reports today about how Biden has lost California voters are moving away from him. Now, does that mean that California is going to be back in the red in 2024? No. Democrats have so much of a head start in California, even if Biden loses 15% of the Democrat vote out there, don't expect it to swing to Republicans. It's just not, that's not politically feasible. It would take a lot for that to happen. But does it mean that they're happy with him? No, they're not happy with Joe Biden. There's another report out today 
one of uh, Jill Biden's uh, 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 cronies that used to work for her is out saying that it's disgraceful that Biden's team can't do better. Here's that story. Fox News story. Former Jill Biden Spox, S-P-O-X, Spox, spokesperson, Spox. Former Jill Biden Spox explodes at Biden's team amid crumbling poll numbers. This is inexcusable. They're not happy. Even CNN, the Clinton News Network. Oh, Hillary Clinton's out yapping again. She's reminding everybody, Hitler was duly elected. Hitler was duly elected. Well, so were you, Hillary. So was your husband. She's aiming that at Donald Trump. Remember, Hitler was duly elected. Yeah, Hillary. And somehow or another, so were you. So just don't be despondent. Have optimism. Be of good cheer. There is nothing here for you to be upset about over the election results. Absolutely nothing. Philadelphia's new mayor, its 100th, makes history with her election. Cheryl Parker, she's a black woman. This woman has a vast, vast resume in education, which may, hopefully, look, I'm even hopeful for that. I'm As much as I don't like and despise what Democrats do when they get in office, doesn't mean that I'm not hopeful that there could be even change in their own party. They're saying it's a historic election because a black woman has been elected mayor. I say boo rubbish on that. So far... She's another Democrat. There's nothing to make history about that. And then they go on and cite later on in this article the number. I hope I can find this really quickly. Yeah, okay, here it is. Currently, eight black women serve as mayors in the top 100 most popular cities in the U.S., according to the Center for American Women in Politics at Rutgers University. And then they go on and list them. And every one of the cities... Like Los Angeles with Karen Bass, going down the tank. New Orleans, huh, tank. Philadelphia, tank. Washington, D.C., tank. And the tank. Swirling around the drains. So I keep asking you, what history is there? I don't judge history by somebody's skin color. History would be if they got rid of the Democrats in Philadelphia. That would be a historical election. Replacing one liberal black person or one black liberal or a white liberal with a black liberal or a black liberal with a white liberal, there's no history in that. They're still liberal. What history? Who cares? What what the color of her skin is makes no difference. What she will do as mayor will make the difference. And I hope that she is a good mayor. I hope she is a good mayor. I doubt it. She's a Democrat. So, yeah, we see in Philadelphia is what we've seen in Washington, D.C., black woman mayor going down the toilet. San Francisco, joke. San Francisco's a joke. Los Angeles, joke. 
quality of life, spiraling this, swirling around the flush. St. Louis, really? Charlotte. I don't know that much about Charlotte, so I can't say whether that's another one that's swirling around the, 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 the but New Orleans? Please. History? No, thank you. History would be getting rid of these liberals that are running these cities that are in so much trouble. So once again, if you're paying attention to the mainstream press and you're listening to all this wonders night the Democrats have, don't buy into it. It is. It was mostly a status quo election. And that's pretty much wraps on that. Oh, one of the big ones, and this was somewhat surprising in Virginia. Remember that sex nurse, the nurse that was doing the sex acts and that urinated live streaming that woman? It took till the wee hours before that election was called. This goes to show you, Democrats will put up anything, vote for anything, vote for anybody. As Rush used to say all the time, liberals are liberals first. Liberals are liberals first. You have this woman, she's out doing sex acts for tips. She's out peeing all over the place. And it takes until the wee hours of the morning. She only loses by a fraction of a pee. She should have never been in it. Yeah, we're talking about Miss Gibson. 40-year-old mother of two. She happens to be a nurse. You hear that, nursey nurse? She happens to be a nurse, a practitioner. And then she accused Republicans of playing dirty tricks because they exposed the fact that she was exposing herself having sex with her husband, live streaming, for money. There are words for that, but I won't use those words because when you call a a then people on the left get mad. Anyway, P or no P, she lost. Barely lost. Which just goes to show you what a tough climate is in Virginia. But she has a career ahead if she wants to become a full-fledged porn star. Hey, There's a career opening for this one. She could make a lot, and she's not not bad looking either, I got to tell you. I mean, there's one picture of her today, she looks kind of skanky. I'm sorry, it was a bad, maybe it's just a bad picture, bad angles, whatever. But the rest of the pictures of her, she's not a bad looking girl. I didn't see the husband, and I wouldn't comment on him, comment on him even if I did. Yeah. And as for you Republicans blaming Donald Trump, you want to get over it, maybe. Maybe just stop blaming Donald Trump for everything. The Democrats are already doing that. Do you have to? Do you have to try to blame Donald Trump for everything? Can't you run on your own steam under your own merit, good or bad? Donald Trump's to blame for the poor election in Republican. Give me a break. Okay, Ivanka Trump was testifying today. This is so despicable, what is happening in this trial in New York. You heard Rudy talking about it. 
all of the things there. Rudy is just amazing. He he Rudy gets into it deep. And so if you listen to what Rudy was saying, especially toward the end of his program, you see this trial should just be abandoned. This is just a circus. It is a political witch hunt circus. We've been saying that from the beginning, but it's still going on. Today they're trying to trot out, they have trotted out Letitia James, Ivanka Trump, to try to damage her dad. It's disgraceful. Meanwhile, subpoenas are out for the Bidens. For for Hunter Biden, House has finally subpoenaed them, Hunter and Joe Biden's brother, brother. And more on the way for the other Biden family members. We shall see where that goes. MTV European Awards in 2001. That are one best new act. And she is certainly a performer that earned that one. We're coming back again. I just so love this song. And I also like what Eminem did to it with Stan. I thought Stan was a genius song. Genius. But she's an amazing artist. Okay, guess what? We have the actor, Hollywood actor Nick Searcy is going to be with us this afternoon. He's in a new movie, Police State. We'll talk with the Hollywood actor, director, producer, and a radio guest host, Nick Searcy. On Boston Early's Rush Hour. Keep it right here, 800 848 WABC. And then you call me, and it's not so bad. It's not so bad. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush on 77 WABC. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Berlin, 1986. Number one with this one in the UK. This song was written by uh, Giorgio Morata and Tom Whitlock. It won an Oscar for Best Original Song, as well as the Golden Globe for Best Original Song in 1986. Berlin, take my breath away. And I just had, during the break, a review of um, the uh, nurse and her husband. Said that, uh, The review just, I-, I better not give a name who told me, said this, she does not have a career in porn. She's busy texting away while her husband was, and and she looked totally unaffected by it all. It was a terrible presentation, apparently. I I, I am not a porn critic. I I'm, I leave that to others. I don't know what 
I, but stick to, perhaps stick to nursing and never mind the porn and never mind the politics. Apparently didn't take enough breath away or anything else. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, the GOP senators are already warning, 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 warning. Mike Johnson, don't you better stay away from abortion, Mike. Mike, please, please don't put anything with abortion. Republicans are, you know, Republicans are so timid. Ever since Roe v. Wade was overturned, you've got this group of establishment Republicans with their tail between their legs like something wrong happened. And they're afraid to talk about abortion. They're afraid to talk about the number of lives that have been saved. They're afraid to talk about how this restored the constitutional integrity that was lost when Roe v. Wade was passed down with arbitrary. And if you don't believe, and I, I understand Politicians, I'm going to leave with some guy on the radio saying, go read for yourself. There's a great book out uh, that went through the history of the Supreme Court called Brethren or something like that. I remember reading the book. I'm trying to remember who wrote it. And they went through, I think it was Woodward, and, it could have been Woodward and Bernstein, maybe. But anyway, they went through the whole decision-making process. And Roe v. Wade, and what you see is it was these were arbitrary. These decisions were not made on constitutional law, and I don't want to just get so deep in the weeds with it, but they weren't. These were arbitrary decisions that were made for political purposes. And Republicans should just stop these establishment Republicans being so weeny, so squeamish. Oh, we better not talk about abortion. The people, the women are mad. Talk about abortion. You will win if you talk about it. If if your stance is correct, you will win. I mentioned that there was a Republican candidate that won, and you're not seeing this paraded around in all these, oh, Yunkin lost Virginia. Loudoun County is one of the most liberal counties in, next to Fairfax County, perhaps the most liberal county in Virginia. Republican candidate there, Bob Anderson, claimed victory. Now, granted, this was a small victory. 0.76%. You hear that? Less than 1% of the total vote counts. But he claimed victory nonetheless in the race for Loudoun County Commonwealth's attorney, the DA there, against a Soros-backed prosecutor in liberal Loudoun County, this happened. So don't sit and tell me that this was a total devastation for Republicans and Trump is to blame and all this nonsense. That's why you have me. I understand politics. I've been following politics all of my life. And I also learned from the best what to look for. And you all know what I'm talking about. Do not give in to despair. Do not give in to the gloom and doom that these leftists would have you believe that, oh, it was a miserable night for Republicans. It was not. Rashida Tlaib has been finally censured. For those of you that have been begging 
begging, oh, somebody please censure her. Okay, she's been censured. Now what? They censured her. So what now? She's still out talking. She's still saying that she's not going to shut up, as, by the way, she shouldn't. Rashida Tlaib has really annoyed a lot of people with some of the despicable rhetoric that has come out of her mouth. But you know what? She's an American citizen, and she has a right to her opinions. They may be despicable. They may inflame you with passion because you say, how could a woman be so wrong about so many things? You say she speaks untruth. As I said earlier, if you wanted to clear Washington, D.C. of every politician that does not speak the truth, it'll be a ghost town. I have never agreed with this business of censuring politicians for what they say. If they're not taking some action that if they haven't done something illegal, I've never thought that this whole motion to to censure her was a good idea. But Republicans and 22 Democrats went along. Yes, Mike, I will tell you when it's time to panic. And it is not time to panic. Thank you, Mike Mamone. Rush Limbaugh's engineer just asked me, tell us when it's time to panic. It's not time to panic. Birthday, Don Murray, American drummer. Worked with the Twiddles. Not Mitch McConnell's Turtles. The Turtles. They scored this one. Big hit, 1967. He's celebrating that birthday in heaven. Died in 1996. But the music is still happy, and so are we. Nick Searcy coming up on Boston Early's Rush Hour. Do not go anywhere. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Bo Snerdly on 77 WABC. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. Rush. Now here's Bo Snerdly. Also born today, Paul Thompson. English rock group, you know them, The Cure. This one went up to number two, Love Song, back in 1992. They also did Friday, I'm in Love. Saturday, I'm not, but Friday's a good day. With us, hanging out with us right now on Boston Early's Rush Hour, the one, the only, the Hollywood icon. He is an actor of unquestionable talent. He is a director, also unquestionable talent. He's a producer. He's all of that. And he is a radio guest host for, he was, for Rush Limbaugh in a show that no one will ever forget if they've heard it. The one, the the only, the international insurrectionist, Nick Searcy. Nick, my friend, how are you? James, good to talk to you again. I hope, hope I can live up to that incredible introduction. That was that was amazing. Well, you are an amazing talent, Nick. You are you. You know what? You know the thing I have to say. If if I had to describe you in one word, that word would be fearless, Nick. Fearless, well, because because you have been 
on social media now. You take no BS from anybody, and you don't care who they are. You don't take it. You have been fearless your entire career. Other people feel, well, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be blackballed. I better not say anything. You don't. You are just fearless, and now you're starring in Police State. So tell us, number one, what what makes you so fearless? And then tell us about Police State. Well, I think that what happened to me, James, I really got started with my film career when I was still living in North Carolina. And, uh, you know, a lot of the actors that I knew there were, there were conservative actors and liberal actors, and we had discussions, and nobody hated each other. And then by the time I had moved to L.A. and started working a lot, by the time I figured out that I should keep my mouth shut, it was too late, and everybody already knew what I thought. So <laughs> I figured I'd just roll with it, you know, and I figured I'd just keep going. But uh, with Police State, you know, Dinesh called me up a few months ago and said, you know, would you like to participate in this? We we need somebody to play the uh, the big, bad, uh, corrupt FBI supervisor. And I, I really jumped at the chance. I mean, as you know, James, I've been on this issue of what the FBI is doing to the January 6th people for over three years, for almost three years now. And. You know, I, it was a, it was an honor to be able to participate in something that that might have an impact on the direction this country's headed. So let's talk about for a minute what is for those people who don't know what is the premise of Police State? And you are you are the big you're the bad guy in this movie. You are the relentless yeah. prosecution of you squash your political opponents like bugs, Nick. You're the guy. You're the guy with the power. You're the guy with the yeah. white shirt and the tie that will make their lives miserable if they dare oppose the narrative of the government. Right. And that's what the police state is about, is how America is becoming a place where dissent with the government is punished by its institutions. So the Joe Biden administration, the Democrats that are in power are now using the FBI and the judicial system to basically go after and persecute anybody who went to Washington on January the 6th, no matter what they actually did. Just by showing up there and walking around, you're guilty. And these people are having their lives destroyed and, you know, being terrified by these violent Gestapo-like tactics, the FBI showing up at their door at 6 a.m. with no warning. These are people that have never been arrested for anything before in their lives, and the FBI is treating them like they're armed and dangerous. And it's not only happening to January 6th people. It's also happening to parents who dare to go and protest at a school board meeting. It happened to Mark Polk, a uh, pro-life uh, protester in Pennsylvania. They're going after enemies of the state. And that's what a police state does. You just mentioned the gentleman, the gentleman in Pennsylvania. He's a pro-life yeah. Mark Hulk. He t- today he announced that he is suing the government for the yeah. prosecution, which he said was malicious prosecution, and he has he has initiated a lawsuit against the Department of Justice. And I want to be clear about something. And I I have always said the people that went in there and that vandalized and so forth. If you did something like that, of course you're going to be prosecuted. But you're not talking about people that went in and vandalized. You're talking about people that just went in a building, by the way. And, and, and we have seen the movies where the doors were opened for them. We have seen footage of that. 
and some of these people. I have always said, Nick, it is amazing to me that the FBI could mount the resources that they did to track all of these people down, and they're still tracking them down. And this is the same yeah. FBI that couldn't figure out what happened to those emails from Hillary Clinton. We still don't know. This is the same FBI that could never tell us fully what happened with Benghazi, what happened with the gun-running program that was taking place during the Obama years, and so many other things. They can't tell us. They can't tell us what happened with with the IRS and when they were, were, were trampling on the rights of people that wanted to open uh, political groups. They could never tell us the details of that, but yet they could find the resources to get every single one of these people, and it's still ongoing. Yes, and it's not just people that went in the building, James. I mean, so many of these people that are being sentenced to multi-year prison sentences never entered the building. They were standing around outside. And this is what what the country's come to. There are two FBI whistleblower agents that were the technical advisors on police state, Kyle Serafin and Steve Friend. And both of them talk about how the FBI has basically diverted resources away from things like drug trafficking or apprehending child trafficking people, child molesters, and they have diverted all these resources, almost two-thirds of their agents, are now pursuing January 6th people, and that's just anybody who went there. Anybody who went there on January 6th is being followed by U.S. Marshals when they fly on planes. They get put on FBI lists. These are people that never, maybe didn't break the law at all. Maybe haven't even been charged yet, but the FBI is following them. They diverted all their resources to this kind of a prosecution. And, of course, they're ignoring actual crimes that are going on in our country because the priority is crush anybody who won't vote for a Democrat in 2024. Also, you mentioned this, what, what, two things. The DOJ and the the DOJ and the FBI were also involved with this move by the National School Board Association to declare parents that were attending school board meetings that were some upset, like this guy in Loudoun County. His daughter had been sexually assaulted. He came there right. upset because his daughter had been sexually assaulted, and it was covered up. Yet yeah. he was declared to be the bad guy. The Department of Justice also tried to say that some of these parents who are going to school board meetings are terrorists. They also said, and we learned this, Christopher Ray's FBI said that traditional Catholics, traditional Catholics should be looked right. at as potential domestic terrorists. Right. Anybody that might vote conservative, anybody that might be a conservative and hold views like a pro-life view, uh, those people are immediately suspect, they're targeted by this government, and those people are going to be persecuted until they either are neutralized or they're converted. That's uh, that's that's one thing about them. They, they The left actually wants you dead, but they'll settle for your compliance. <laughs> they they will Goodness. they will accept your 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 capitulation so that they don't have to kill you. Now let me ask you one other question: Are you at all concerned, Nick, with doing these this movie and being so outspoken that the same government that you're talking about is now looking at you and saying, 
okay, you want to keep you want to keep telling people this this truth? Okay, we have our sights on you, Nick. Are you worried about that? I have no doubt that they are. Um, the when we released the movie Capital Punishment, the first film I made about January sixth, the FBI came after my director and left a card at his house, said, please call us. We've got a few questions. And, uh, of course, my director was smart enough not to talk to them without a lawyer. But the questions that they had for him were, what were your conversations with Nick Searcy like? What did oh. you and Nick Searcy have planned that day that you went to, to Washington? You know, and it, it, I know they're already looking at me. I, I have – I say this all the time. I don't know why they have not come after me because a lot of the people that I've talked to – that I've interviewed, the things that they have come after those people for, I don't know why they haven't come after me for that. You know, I just, I really don't know. Maybe they're biding their time. Maybe this interview will be the last straw, James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nick, I hope not. Nick, seriously, where can people find the movie you are starring in? And you have done so much work. Your body of work is so impressive. I will never forget wow. you hosting. I was sitting right across from you when you hosted Rush Limbaugh's show. I'm telling you, folks, if you want to hear hilarious, amazing radio, Nick Searcy <laughs> on the radio, there is nothing like this guy. But <laughs> where can people <laughs> Nick, where can well, people find so the movie? Fun. I, when, I, when I talked at the Nash, I said, you know, Doing Police State is a great honor. It, the, the only thing ahead of it is when I got the guest host for Rush. That's that's the number one honor that I've received in my life. But you can find me at uh, Yes Nick Searcy on Twitter. There's also a link there to Capital Punishment, which is my first documentary about January 6th. It's on Rumble right now, and we're going to release uh, Capital Punishment 2. We're editing now and hopefully release it on January 6th of next year. Nick Searcy, you are just incredible, my friend. Thank you for joining us. Good to talk to you again, James. All righty. Nick Searcy, ladies and gentlemen, a Hollywood figure like no other here on Boston Early's Rush Hour. James Golden here with you. Time to check in with Lou Dobbs. Bonnie Raitt will take us in. I love this song. And I was right, Diego. TJ looked it up. It is Bruce Hornsby playing piano on this. I said, it sounds like Bruce Hornsby. This sounds like him. And why are we playing Bonnie Raitt? Today's her birthday, 1949. Yes, it is. Bonnie Raitt, happy birthday, singer, songwriter, amazing performer. This is one of the all-time great songs of American music on WABC.
is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Bo Snerdly. On 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snerdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush. Rush. Nineteen forty-seven. The voice of an angel enters the world. Minnie Ripperton. Tragically died of cancer back in 1979, but this is the voice of that angel, Minnie Ripperton. You know, those of you that listen to this show, she is one of my, I just love this woman. Always have, always will. All right, folks, get ready for a musical journey through seven decades of hits with the legendary Paul Anka. Right now, you have a chance. You have a chance to win two tickets. Don't miss your chance to experience the iconic songs that have shaped generation. Paul Anka's Seven Decades Tour is at NYCB Theater at Westbury. It is on Saturday, this Saturday, November 11th, to win your pair of tickets right now. Seventh caller, 1-800-848-WABC. Paul Anker's Seven Decades Tour, a night of timeless classics and unforgettable memories. This is one show you will not want to miss. Right now, seventh caller, 800-848-WABC. 800-848-9222. A pair of tickets to go see Paul Anker will be yours. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, presents Rapid Phones. And let's head to the telephones. Richard in New Jersey, you are up. What is on your mind this afternoon? Yes, Mr. Golden, can you hear me? I hear you fine. Okay. I went to vote last night in my local election. I asked the people next year what happens when people come into the local office who don't who they don't find in their voting records. Apparently, people who walk in and they cannot find them still get a provisional ballot. That ballot still goes in the till and is supposed to get checked on the back end. This is what they told me. And they were not even sure if the people checking the ballots are bipartisan. Well, well, well. Isn't that cozy? Look, folks, 2024, we are going to talk a lot about election integrity and what you can do. You have to get involved. If you want to make sure your elections are secure, it will take many of us, an army of people at the polls watching and being involved. And you can't wait till the last minute. You got to do this early, as per what Richard in New Jersey is saying. By the way, we have a winner on those Paul Anka tickets. Let's move to Morty. <clears throat> New Jersey, you are up next, Morty. What's on your mind? Oh, I thought you meant I won the tickets. How you, do- <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I'm um, good, Morty. Uh, you know what, Bo? I, I just wanted to make it really quick. You know what? I'm 25, and this is what I see. Um, and I know that this is statistically true. 84% of Americans support Israel through and through. When it comes to people my age, 18 to 25, and even the you know, the 30-year-olds that are supposed to have their lives together but aren't, you know, you know who I'm talking about. But um, it's a 50-50 split when it comes down to them. And it's not a 50-50 split of supporting Israel versus supporting Palestine. You know what it's a 50-50 split between, Bo? You're going to be shocked and disgusted. What is it? Tell us. It's 
It's a 50-50 split between supporting Israel or supporting Hamas. 18 to 24. So they support Hamas. That is horrific. Morty, we got to move along. That is just horrific. You're right. Adam, we haven't heard from you in days. I hope all is well with you. What's on your mind, Adam? Uh, Your man Cameron, he was sweating Trump, and all of a sudden he went down like with flames, man. That's it. Yeah, so we lost the race in Kentucky. Look, look, the governor there, a lot of people have liked him, and Kentucky has been a, a purple state for ages. This is not the first Democrat governor there. Kentucky is not a solidly red state anymore, tragically. You can keep gloating, but as I said to people, the status quo election. Don't get despondent over it. Adam, look forward to hearing from you later in the week. We are going to leave you today with the voice of that angel, Minnie Ripperton. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families and your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we are back tomorrow for Bo Sterling's Rush Hour on Thursday. Featuring Andrew Giuliani, and we're going to have a conversation with him as we do every Thursday, and me. See you then. Bye.